This is 1988 Tops, where every card has a story to tell. Your hosts are David McKellis and Matt Kuzma. Let's play ball. Welcome back to 1988 Tops. David, what's our card for this week? Matt, our card for this week is Jody Reed. Jody Reed, number 152, shortstop for the Boston Red Sox. Okay, fantastic. Jody Reed from the Red Sox. I'm pulling him up on the Jumbotron here, and I see a mustache already. But before we get to that, David, we have we have some follow-up from previous episodes we need to clear off the docket, it looks like. The follow-up here, I think, is uh, uh, mea culpa. I'm bad at pronunciation. <laughs> I try my best to pronounce names correctly, but... and. If nothing else, the 1988 Tops podcast prides ourselves on our uh, accuracy in reporting of important baseball <laughs> names and news, along with lists of Garths. <laughs> <laughs> we value value accuracy and name pronunciation. And so first, I think I said, I believe I said Shawan Dunstan. And I think I have always called him Shawan Dunstan because there's an O in there. And his name is Sean. It's Sean Dunstan. Yeah, it's Sean. It's Sean, but it's it's S-H-A-W-O-N. And to be fair, David, I think that Harry Carey always had an extra long Sean in there, that which I always had read it always read to me as being almost a second syllable if not a full second syllable but in 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 the interest of accuracy we should make clear that it, it is actually sean but i yes I, I give sorry you a, sean dunston yeah sorry sean dunston it was not a shawanometer it was a sean <laughs> it was a shawanometer exactly okay so i think so good mea culpa on uh, that uh and hopefully listeners will accept that what's this What's this one? This is no, 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 David. You speak French, and so uh. <laughs> uh, the the second one is uh, the second error is is French related. It looks like we, <laughs> oui. I, <laughs> and this one has maybe even a better defense. I said J R Richard. Uh, I pronounced J R Richard as if he played for the Montreal Canadiens, and he's from Louisiana. So I gave it a you know a little bit of French inflection. And then I was watching some highlight videos of J.R. Richard and realized I had made a, an error. In my defense, I don't think I had ever heard his name pronounced. He was out of the league in 1980, which was the year I was born. So that's my that's my defense here. So I apologize, J.R. Richard, great pitcher for the Houston Astros, whose career was tragically cut short by a stroke in 1980. So thank you. Thank you for that, David. So now let's go back to Jody Reed and pulling his card back up here. Now, Jody was suggested by a couple of listeners at Baseball Twit, Adam D, and then David J, who is at David Jakubiak. So thank you, listeners, for suggesting Jody Reed. At Baseball Twit had recently posted an image of actually this card. And when I asked him if he had any suggestions, he said, well, I just posted a picture of Jody Reed. So there you go. <laughs> and then I think David followed up with his defense of Jody Reed and Jody Reed's 1988 Rookie of the Year credentials. And so let's talk about this 
sweaty, mustachioed Jody Reed. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think what we've got on tap is we need to talk about any other Jodies that are out there because there aren't that many. What we'd call the spark plug of the 1988 Red Sox and a costly mistake in financial matters that Jody Reed becomes associated with the rest of his career. So we've got a lot in store. But let's first go to the front of the card. And again, this is card 152 in the set. And there's a lot going on in this picture. This is this is another card, David, that almost has an artistic bent to it. The lighting on Jody Reed's face and on his white, crisp uh, Boston Red Sox jersey. It's very reminiscent of the Jay Baller photo where there's very nondescript background. It's not a baseball field he's at. It looks like Jody's at the park. And they're like, oh, (laughs) it's dusk. And they have a... It's (laughs) either dusk or there is a storm coming in behind him. Or if this is in spring training, it's a... Maybe it's hurricane season. I don't know. This is mm. it is ominous there, and also ominous behind him. There's a person lurking. Yeah. Maybe a beer man. Maybe somebody doing some work on the field. But to me, it's the ghost of a woman. The picture is a. It's you know from the bust up of, of Jody Reed. You know he's got a good mustache. He's got a wan look in his eyes. But what's going on with his hat? Because. It's crumpled and collapsed where the big B from the Boston Red Sox is only about 90% visible. The top 10% is curved already at the top of his head. Like this is a massive hat. It's five sizes too big. He is not treating that hat properly. And, or maybe like, because Jody was such a young player, they only gave him one hat. They didn't think that he'd be around very long. I think that this is just a feature of, Jody Reed's head or something. <laughs> it's almost like a chef's hat where it's kind of billowy, but it's tight on the brim. Or, or yeah, it's, it's tight around the crown of his head, but then too big at the top. Just not a it's a weird fit. He's twenty five years old in this photo and he looks like a he looks fifteen with a taped on mustache. <laughs> so it's I love this card. I love the look of it. It's I think it's fantastic. It does look like Jay Baller. Potentially, there's a murder mystery going on in the background. Don't even know. Love it. Yeah, it's a classic Boston Red Sox look, too, with the Boston written uh, across the chest. And a classic card picture, too, except for mm-hmm. except for that person in the background. <laughs> except for this, the strange woman in the park that we never found again. I think that's the murderer. Let's go to the back of the card. So, again, this is 152. And as befits a rookie... We don't have a whole lot of stats on the back, uh, except a few years in the minors. Jody was one was five foot nine, one seventy, a right-handed batter and thrower. Uh, drafted in nineteen eighty four, born July twenty sixth, nineteen sixty two, in Tampa, Florida, with a home in Brandon, Florida. Yeah, I think. Does Jody look like a Florida man to you? Yeah, <laughs> he looks He's like Florida a Florida man. kid. He looks like a Florida <laughs> kid for sure. I was interested in. The name Jody, similar to the name Garth, maybe yeah. not, you know, it's a slightly different reason for interest. Partially, we've talked about my, my time as a bartender before, but one of my favorite songs uh, as I worked at a blues club that was played at the club was a cover of Johnny Taylor's Jody's Got Your Girl and Gone. Mm. And so every time I hear the name Jody, I think of 
Johnny Taylor. Johnny Taylor was on Stax Records, and the he was the philosopher of soul. But this this uh, mythical Jody in this song comes in, and he's a Lothario. The person being warned in the song is at work. Jody is coming in, and he's going to steal their woman away. So I, I thought of the song, and then I was looking into it a little bit and found that this is also referenced in army cadences. So there's army cadences called the Jody call. And one of these cadences is, ain't no sense in going home, Jody's got your gal and gone, which is also the chorus of this Johnny Taylor song. I thought it was just an interesting note. And even going back further in history, Jody is a reference to, in the black oral tradition, Joe the Grinder who seduces the wives of prisoners and soldiers. <laughs> and Joe the Grinder becomes transformed into Jody. And thus you have this Johnny Taylor song. When you get home, after working hard all day, Jody's got to get and he's going away. I said, now ain't no sense in going home. Jody's got your gallon. I told you, Jody's came out in December of 1970, the highest frequency of the name Jody in the United States was 1971. So maybe by the time in 1971, everybody was thinking like, yeah, we're going to name this baby Jody. And then by 1972, people were like, wait a minute, <laughs> were we naming him after the, the guy who steals people's wives away? And so it fell off in popularity and out of the top 1,000 names by 1996. There's actually only one more Jody than Garth in Major League history. Hmm. Only three Major League Jodies. Jody Reed, Jody Davis, and then later Jody Garrett. So this was Jody Reed was playing in the mid er, in the late 80s, which was peak Jody in Major League Baseball. <laughs> peak peak Jody. As I think about any other favorite Jodies I thought of Jody Foster, but that's a different spelling. And you had mentioned here Jody Watley. Yeah, also had a big year in 1987, 88, right around that yeah. time was her debut. Yeah, what's the. Is that the Buffalo Stance? Did she do that? <laughs> no, that's, that's Nina, Nina Cherry. Cherry. That's Nina Cherry. Looking for a new love. I'm looking for a new love, Jody Watley. Oh, I remember that song. So Jody Reed, born in 1962, before peak Jody, born and raised in Florida. Yes, and he went to Brandon High School. And another great named athlete went to the same high school, Brandon High School, Dwayne Shinsis. And I'm pretty sure I got his pronunciation right. <laughs> Dwayne Shinsis played for the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. He was a basketball player with an outstanding mullet. One of the greatest <laughs> mullets in history. Sadly, Dwayne passed away in 2012. Uh, I think we'll post in the show notes a video of Dwayne and his mullet dunking. Oh, that sounds good. He was a very good player at the University of Florida and not a great NBA player, but had a, a very iconic look. Mm. So now, David, we get to Jody Reed has the the honor of being drafted four times, is that right? <laughs> yeah, he was 
unlike a lot of players that we've talked about, he wasn't drafted out of high school. He went to a junior college, Manatee Junior College, and he was drafted twice from junior college, which which I think is kind of impressive to get drafted twice out of junior college. But he instead transferred to Florida State and was drafted twice from Florida State as well. He had two successful seasons, having some great offensive seasons and setting a double play record at Florida State. He is drafted in the eighth round and is in the FSU Hall of Fame. This takes us to the fun fact that this way to the clubhouse at the bottom of the card that Jody signed as an eighth round draft selection with the Boston Red Sox, June 11th, 1983 by scout George Digby. This was a legendary scout for the Boston Red Sox. He discovered a lot of the Red Sox talent that we're going to talk about in future episodes, guys like Jody and Mike Greenwell. And uh, another guy that Digby convinced the Red Sox to sign, despite there being some questions about his ability to play at the major league level, Wade Boggs, another guy from Tampa, Florida. And Digby, for his scouting efforts, was selected for the Red Sox Hall of Fame in 2008. Matt, I'm not sure if you noticed this. There's an error. It says he signed in June of 1983. However, he was drafted in June of 1984. So we got, you know, this is an uncorrected so wait, error card. Uncorrected error. This is this is quite the find. We will notify the Beckett company immediately and see if they can update the listing. So he <laughs> signs for the Red Sox in 1984 and plays his A ball at Winter Haven. Uh, which is in Florida, led the Florida State League with a 321 average in 1985. So he's playing A ball in 84 and 85. 1986, he gets promoted midseason to AAA Paw Tucket, the Paw Sox. Yeah, unfortunately, the Paw Sox are no more. They mm. were the AAA affiliate for a very long time for the Red Sox up until the 2019 season. 2020 was supposed to be their last season and then the minor league the minor league season was canceled so now they have moved to Worcester and they will be the Woo Sox the Woo Sox so i i did reach out to listener David J to ask how he feels about them moving from Pawtucket to Worcester and David is from right outside of Worcester so his response was stoked <laughs> I think, unfortunately, there's no longer professional sports in Rhode Island. No, just, uh, just a lot of calamari. So, <laughs> 19, 1987 starts out AAA in the season, starts hitting for some power. Looks like seven home runs. Yeah, that's decent for a shortstop. In these seasons, he's regularly hitting pretty well. He's hitting 280 at AAA, and then in 87 hits 296. Getting on base a lot, not a lot of strikeouts. He struck out only 23 times in 1987 and plays well enough to earn himself a call-up. He gets called up for a minute in September, and so we can see on the card here he's played in nine games. Yeah, 30 at-bats and gets nine hits, so he's got a, a 300 average, a couple RBIs, stolen base, and this looks like it would be the makings of you know a good prospect for the future. I'm a, a little bit interested in why the in why Tops did not give Jody a future stars designation. He wasn't yet an all star rookie that kind of designation, but you know this could have been a future star. He was expected to do 
something and was a he was a relatively touted young player for the Red Sox organization. However, going into the 1988 season, as we talked about in the Ray Jonas episode, the Red Sox had Spike Owen. So he's expected to start out as a backup. And the 88 Red Sox, they started very average, and Jody himself started pretty average. He was hitting only 237 through the first half of the season. He only played in 26 games, and the team was 43 and 42. Their manager, John McNamara, he had been the manager in 1986 and led the team to the World Series, and he actually recently passed away over the summer of 2020. So John McNamara, right around mid-season, calls Jody Reed into his office and tells him that he's going to send him back to AAA. Jody asked him for some more time to try to figure things out. He thought, you know, I can I can get in a, in a better frame of mind here in Boston than I can back at AAA. McNamara tells him he's going to give him a couple weeks. Before that two weeks was up, McNamara got fired. Mm. So Jody is has a bit of a re- reprieve and also gets a second chance. The Red Sox give third base coach Joe Morgan the manager position, and one of his first decisions, he sees Jody walking through the hallway, calls him into the office, and says, do you know why you're in here? And Jody Reed said, yeah, you're going to send me down. Joe Morgan said, hell no, I'm making you our starting shortstop, and I'm going to put your name in the lineup every day for the rest of the season. Don't worry about anything. You're my guy. Wow. And so Jody Reed said that that moment changed his career, changed his life. He had this support and confidence, and that boost uh, led to Morgan magic. (laughs) And not only a a magical time for the Red Sox in 88, but also for Jody Reed. The team won 12 straight games, 19 of the first 20 games that Joe Morgan was in charge Jody Reed hit 477 over the 12 game winning streak and 432 over that 20 game stretch. Just went on a tear and was locked in as the starting shortstop. Sorry, Spike Owen. Yeah, tough, tough break for Spike. But the Sox end up winning the AL East by a game, and Jody finishes the season with a 293 average. That's just a huge turnaround. This also goes back to. Why Jody was suggested, David Jay said he would go to his grave saying that Jody Reed should have been the 1988 AL Rookie of the Year. Jody Reed had a 3.4 wins above replacement, and he, he somehow ended up third in the Rookie of the Year voting, but he only played in 109 games. But his wins above replacement, 3.4, was the best among rookies. I found a list that said that the actual 1988 Rookie of the Year, Walt Weiss, was the all-time worst Rookie of the Year. Walt Weiss hit 250, but he played on a really great A's team that ended up beating the Red Sox in the playoffs. And Walt had a really good defensive season as well. He had the second-highest defensive war in the American League. But, you know, Jody Reed actually had a better overall season. Both his offensive numbers hitting 293 and still had a pretty solid defensive season, ninth overall in defensive war in the American League. What hurt him was that limited playing time. And if he had played in more than 26 games in the first half of the season, he might have been able to put up better numbers than Walt Weiss. 
And it also didn't help that they lost in the playoffs to Walt Weiss and the A's. Yeah, getting swept by the A's is going to hurt him in the voting for sure. But Jody did hit 273 in that series, so he's still showing lots of promise for the years to come. Moving into 1989, those next few years, it looks like Jody's having some some solid years for the Red Sox, 89 through 91. Very consistent from 89 to 91, hitting a ton of doubles. Jody took advantage of the Green Monster and the Wall Ball Double, hitting doubles off of the, the Green Monster in left field as a right-handed batter just became a feature of Jody's game. In many of Jody's seasons, the Red Sox were at or near the major league lead in doubles. Jody himself led the majors in doubles in 1990 with 45 and averaged 40 plus from 89 to 91 and had a 280 average. Wow. So in this time period, Jody makes the move from shortstop to second base. Part of that was questions around his arm strength, and he ends up going on to be a really solid second baseman defensively. Looks like he also had an infamous moment in 1990, a record breaker. (laughs) Yes, he was involved in an unfortunate incident. On July 17th, the Red Sox were playing the Twins, and Jody hit into a triple play in the eighth inning which is relatively rare. What makes it more rare is that four innings earlier, Tom Bernanski had also hit into a triple play. So this is the only time in Major League history (laughs) that a team has hit into two triple plays in one game. Oh, man. So the Red Sox, they made the playoffs again in 1990 and faced the A's again and got swept again. Jody hitting only 133 this time. Uh, But... Again, that defensive skill and especially the, and the better defensive production and moving over to second base uh, seemed to really pay off for him. Yes, he was in the leaderboard in double plays, fielding percentage, assists, putouts, and that continued for the rest of his career as a second baseman. Moving up to the 1992 season, there's another manager change. Joe Morgan, Morgan Magic runs out and that caused a bit of a shakeup. This must have been a problem for Jody because he had his first inconsistent season. He hit just 247 in 1992, and it might have been the result of having that person who had confidence and faith in him get fired. He was also at this point making $1.5 million a year, one of the better paid second basemen. And that subpar season actually ended up leaving him on the unprotected list for the Major League Expansion Draft. Yeah, the Marlins and the Rockies coming in in that 1992 season that left left him vulnerable, and he ends up getting picked up by the Colorado Rockies in November 1992 with a 13th pick in the Expansion Draft. And so that's it for him in Boston. Six seasons, he hits 280, but then he is off to Colorado for just a second because the Rockies end up trading him to the Dodgers, where he is, again, a solid second baseman. He ended up hitting 276 and having five errors, so that's a pretty solid Jody Reed season. But he was also, at this point, the fifth highest-paid second baseman in Major League Baseball and made $2.5 million with the Dodgers in 1993. And this leads to something that was called the ultimate blunder in player negotiations after the 1993 (laughs) season, which reminded me of 
Wallace Shawn in The Princess Bride. There's the, <laughs> the fatal blunders. The ultimate blunder. <laughs> the ultimate blunder in player negotiations. Never turned down a three-year, $7.8 million contract to stay in L.A. Inconceivable! <laughs> yes. But that's what Jody Reed did. He, he got some bad advice. His brother-in-law, who is also oh, his agent... God. Oh, God, come on, man. What are you doing? (laughs) Suggested that maybe Jody should try the free agent market after the 1993 season. So Jody told the Dodgers that he needed some time to think about this three-year deal. He was 31 at the time, too. Oh, yeah, this is not going to end well. And Jody assumed that there would be other offers. The Dodgers waited a week for Jody, and then they decided to make a move. And this is kind of like a butterfly effect thing. Jody making the Dodgers wait led the Dodgers to make a trade. And they traded away a young pitcher named Pedro (laughs) to the Expos. Mm, I know which Pedro it is now. For Delino DeShields. Oh, wow. Pedro Martinez was a young pitcher for the Dodgers. Had a decent season in 1993, but they needed a second baseman. Jody said he didn't realize that he was on the clock. And so now he's left without a team. He's not in a great bargaining position because other teams have now made their choices of who's going to be a second baseman for the upcoming season. And everybody knows that now he's desperate to find a team because the Dodgers don't need him anymore. He ends up signing a one-year, $350,000 guaranteed contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. With incentives, it could have maxed out at $1 million for that season. In reality, he ended up making $750,000. Yeah, instead of three, three years for almost $8 million. So that's, uh, yeah, I'd say a pretty big blunder. Was he getting greedy and think that he was actually going to like, get a $10 million contract at age 31? It seems crazy. I think there's some differences of opinion here on what happened. I think after this season, Jody did switch agents. He insisted that it wasn't greed. He said he enjoyed his time in L.A. He loved the management. He loved the fans, all this. He said that there were some personal issues. Some people have suggested that that might be he didn't like the shortstop he was playing with and that he felt like turning double plays with that shortstop put him at risk and that he was being put in risky positions. What the Dodgers GM said was that what the Dodgers were offering— and Jody was asking, was never close. Mm. And Robbie Thompson with the San Francisco Giants was a free agent and ended up signing an $11-plus-million-dollar contract over three years. And Jody and his agent may have been asking for something similar, and the Dodgers were unwilling to do that for a 31-year-old decent, but not an all-star second baseman. Sorry, Red Sox fans who love Jody Reed. <laughs> well, it is, like you said, the, the butterfly effect of this blunder extends across the entire major leagues and ends up changing Red Sox history because now Pedro Martinez is not uh, a Dodgers pitcher for 10 years past this. He's traded to the Expos and plays for a few seasons with the Expos, but at some point the Expos are not going to be able to pay Pedro in his prime, and they trade him away to the Red Sox 
I suppose Red Sox fans have another reason to like Jody Reed. He helped them end the curse through the butterfly effect, starring Ashton <laughs> Kutcher. <laughs> so let's finish up Jody's career. He's at the Brewers in 1994, hits 271, becomes a free agent, and then goes to the Padres for 95 and 96. And, you know, he's in the tail end of his career. He's hitting 250 over those two seasons, but he makes it back to the playoffs. Once again, he makes it to the playoffs, and once again, he's on a team that gets swept. Oh. <laughs> and I think this is another another unfortunate record. <laughs> Jody played in 11 playoff games, and they were all losses. Mm. Terrible record in the playoffs, unfortunate for him. But regardless of where he went, he was still a, a great fielding second baseman, and... It looks like in the top five in fielding percentage during this time. Yeah, every year from 1990 to 96, Ah. regardless of AL, NL, he's always up there. Just a very solid defensive second baseman. And unfortunately, I don't think he ever won a gold glove. But but yeah, he was was just good. Wraps his final years with the Tigers in 1997 as he finishes things out. Let's wrap up the money talk, though, too, David, because instead of the, the three-year, 2.5 per year, you know, those last four years, he only made a little less than $3 million. So he lost $5 million on that negotiation. Yeah, that is very unfortunate. And <laughs> it seemed like he was signing contracts where it was mostly incentive-based. And a lot of Jody's stats were kind of dependent on the green monster over the course of his career he hit 270 but he was known for hitting doubles 109 of his 263 doubles were hit at Fenway in 381 games he hit 154 doubles in his other 903 games one out of every four games he's getting a double at Fenway, and all the rest of his games, it's one out of every six games he's getting a double. I mean, that's a huge difference. Yeah. And other than that, he's just kind of a slap hitter. He's hitting a lot of singles, it looked like, and he's just a, a decent second baseman, not going to hit for a lot of power. And so having incentive-based salaries rather than that locked-in three-year, $8 million contract was really unfortunate for Jody. Hmm. So he retires after 1997 season and gets into coaching, it looks like. He had a website at one point that was JodyReadBaseball.com, and it had <laughs> a subscription service, I think, for young players to get coaching advice and videos, etc. It's not a thing anymore. It was the, you know, the dot-com bubble, you know, Pets.com, JodyReadBaseball.com. Yeah, I think you could pay him in flues. But he later ended up as a coach in the Yankees and Dodgers system. So he didn't have a terrible relationship with the Dodgers. They hired him uh, back as a coach. And at one point, he was a manager in their minor league system. He's currently with the Marlins, and he's the infield bunting and base running coordinator as of 2020. Let's close the book then on Jody. He was requested as someone who should have been rookie of the year. And you had said should have been a future star. Now that you've looked into his whole career, you know, what do you think about that? I agree. He should have been rookie of the year in 1988. It was a really weak year for rookie of the year candidates. Jody 
by modern standards has the best resume for it, just unfortunately played in probably too few games. What was interesting to me about that season was that he was given a shot and, you know, he's 5'9", 165, Jody. Just your... (laughs) (laughs) This... This normal-looking Jody, and he just flourished and and had this great season, a solid run with a Boston team that turned around a pretty average season to win the AL East. And for that, he's fondly remembered. It's interesting that he's often referenced for this contract mistake. I saw an article from 2010 that said somebody pulled a Jody Reed. (laughs) Oh, no. If I didn't do this podcast, I would not know what that meant. (laughs) (laughs) But... Just somebody overplaying their hand and having to settle for much less than maybe what they deserve or what they could have gotten. He made eight plus million dollars in his career, so I'm not crying for him. I don't think he's crying about this lost five million dollars, but that's quite a mistake. I like to see guys get paid what they deserve. What this says to me is a couple things. One is uh, don't have your brother-in-law as your agent. And the second is, in a negotiation, you are always on the clock. All negotiations can change. So stay in touch. Don't take too long to make decisions. Strike while the iron is hot, is what I would say. And I really like that lesson of the difference that a coach can make when they when they show confidence in a player. So a really good story. Again, thank you to Adam and David for suggesting Jody. You know, listeners out there, we still have more than 700 cards to go. So if you have favorites, uh, reach out to us. Thank you, David, for the story. Really like Jody. He's my favorite Jody of all time uh, at this point. Wait till we get to Jody Davis. And thank you to you at home for listening. If you've ever been swindled by your brother-in-law, we'd love to hear from you. We're at Tops 1988. Also, send any card suggestions there as well. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for 1988 Tops Podcast. We've got more than 300 followers there. Are you one of them? Hope so. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week. 